0: Hello and thanks for tuning in to Hand to Hand in the Trenches, a missionary story podcast. I'm Sarah Hickam and I'm Kimberly Croker and we are your hosts for this episode of Hand to Hand.
1: Hand to Hand is a ministry outreach of Charity Baptist Tabernacle in Amarillo, Texas. Hand to Hand is a missionary story podcast that tells the true stories of Christians around the world who've hazarded their lives for the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Thank you all for tuning in to Hand to Hand this week. We're excited to have you all with us. We'd like to start out by saying things are a little different this week. Uh, This week, we're starting the story of Chaplain Willard. Um, This story is a World War II story and basically consists of men. Thus, we needed a few more male voices for our cast this week. So, Caleb has graciously agreed to take on a different part than his normal host position and will be otherwise engaged throughout the next few podcasts. If you listen up you might actually get to hear him a little bit. Anyway today Sarah Hickam is going to be joining me as co-host and we're going to go ahead and hop into this story.
0: Today we begin the story of W. Wyeth Willard. Warren Wyeth Willard was born at Marshfield Hills, Massachusetts on July 12, 1905. He went home to heaven November 16, 2000.
1: W. Wyeth Willard received a master's degree from Princeton Theological Seminary in 1931. He had established a summer camp called Camp Good News in Forestdale, Massachusetts. Its purpose was to win young people to the Lord. He was a Baptist pastor when the
0: United States entered World War II. And that is the story we want to tell, how W. Wyeth Willard served his country and the Lord during World War II as a naval chaplain. Chaplain Willard is credited with serving more days under fire than any chaplain in the history of the U.S. Navy and Marine Corps.
1: Brother Willard landed with the Marines at the Battle of Guadalcanal and Tarawa. Of the eight chaplains at Guadalcanal, Chaplain Willard was the only survivor. He was awarded the Legion of Merit the Navy's highest honor, in 1944 for his service at the Battle of Tarawa in the Gilbert Islands.
0: Many men accepted Christ as Savior because of the tireless work of Chaplain Willard. As all the Americans who fought in World War II, Chaplain Willard left his wife, Grace, and family in Massachusetts to serve God and those men who fought for our country after the attack on Pearl Harbor by the Japanese.
1: Although chaplains are not required to stand watch or take part in any military action, Chaplain W. Wyeth Willard did his share to keep watch and even landed under fire with the assaulting forces. He knew how dangerous it was, but he also knew that hundreds of Marines would die on those beaches and he wanted
0: to be there to witness to those dying men. He carried two grenades with him when he would visit the men on the battlefront. He named them Mike and Ike. He ended up removing the powder from them and sending them home as souvenirs. Because of the Lord's protection, he never had to use them.
1: We begin our story of Chaplain Willard and the men that he helped through the battle of the Solomon and Gilbert Islands on board
0: of a transport in Rock to Guadalcanal in the Solomon Islands. Chaplain Wooler took his work very seriously. He knew some of these men would not return home. His purpose was to comfort and guide them and tell them of Jesus Christ, who would save them and take them to heaven should they die on the islands.
2: Come in. How can I help you, young man? Sir, I have a few things on my mind. And with each day that passes on this transport... It just keeps gnawing at my mind. Have a seat. Tell me, what is it that troubles you, Private? Well, Chaplain, I know that when we land, the war will start for me, and I'm afraid of facing the judgment after doing what we'll have to do there. Hmm. I see. Well, you're not alone. This is a problem that has vexed many young men, something you must keep in mind. What you have to remember is that the Japanese have embarked on a policy of murder, rape, and enslavement to make themselves the masters of this world. Yes, I know and I try to remember Pearl Harbor, but does that make it right for me to kill? Private, God did not command us to sit by while all we believe in and hope for is swept away by ruffians. We have the God-given right to defend our families. Let me read you a couple of paragraphs from a letter I received from my missionary friend in China, Dr. Charles Ernest Scott. Uh, This came more than two years before Pearl Harbor. I, I have it right here. Oh, here it is. We were happy to have our third daughter, Beatrice Eleanor, and Dr. Theodore Day-Stevens and their two boys with us on the ocean voyage. They have experienced tough things in their station at Canton. More than 1,600 bombings in 365 days. In the narrow streets, as many as 2,000 innocent and helpless civilians, mostly women and children, butchered in one day. Even as they have bombed many other mission hospitals, friends of the Chinese, so they bombed Ted's hospital, with American flags all flying, and one bomb sank into the floor of his operating room when he was operating. It would have killed all there and destroyed this new model hospital, except for the fact that providentially it was a dud. Apparent object of all this? To break the morale of the Chinese civilians. Every furloughed China missionary is a crusader in the epic struggle of China for life, her liberty, or enslavement are at stake, and vast issues of portentous destiny hang in the balance for America as well as for Asia and the rest of the earth, though so many Americans, with none of the world vision of our master, pitifully see it not. Get in there and fight, Private. So that doesn't happen in San Francisco or New York. Thank you, Chaplain. That helped a lot. Young man, let me pray with you before you go.
1: Chaplain Willard witnessed to many young men and officers on board the transport, but there were some men that were already born again and were
0: witnesses to their fellow Marines. A couple of those men were Private Thomas Thaxton, whose comrades called him Deacon, Private Emery Amherst, Corporal George Ryman, and Private First Class S. Co. Ogden. These and others proved over and over that Christians can also be good Marines. These Christian men
1: gave their officers no trouble with drunkenness, stealing, tardiness, sleeping on watch, or any of the other faults common to servicemen, and most importantly, They were faithful witnesses of the saving power of our Lord Jesus Christ.
2: Good morning, Private Thaxton. Good morning, sir. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine. Well, actually, a little troubled in spirit. I just talked with a couple of Marines, Private Smith and uh, Private Jackson. Do you know them? I'm not sure that I do, sir. What is the problem? Well, Thomas, I was trying to witness to those two men, and they began to mock God. It troubled me very much, because without Christ as their Savior, they are not prepared to die, if need be. Yes, sir, I understand. Many of the men were not raised in a Christian home or in church. That's why the work you do as a born-again believer is so important. Every soul that hears the gospel is one that might accept a Savior. Yes, you're right. I have found in witnessing to men like those you refer to that many grew up in a broken home kicked around from stepfather to stepmother. That's why some joined the military, to get away from it all. Let's remember that Christ died for them and do all we can to enhance our influence with them. Yes, sir. And pray for them. Yes, of course.
0: As the naval convoy neared the Solomon Islands, it was planned that the main force would land on Guadalcanal after a beachhead had been established.
1: Because the Japanese had built a large airstrip there, it was anticipated
0: that the greatest resistance would come from there. Therefore, many newspaper reporters and photographers hoping to be eyewitnesses to the main conflict landed at Guadalcanal. They found out later that They had chosen the wrong island for the opening scenes of the battle for the Solomon Islands. As
1: everyone prepared for the upcoming battle, the most important work that could be done was the preaching of God's word. And as men thought about the battle, the church service on board the transport on August 2nd were especially well attended.
2: To be born again, you must believe the gospel, the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is no other way to heaven. The enemy believes another gospel, and anyone who does not accept Jesus will go to a literal hell. While we're on the subject of the enemy, I plead with you men to show Christian charity to helpless prisoners and non-combatants. Just because the Japanese are lawless and cruel, It behooves us not to follow in their steps, as the word said, Ye have not so learned Christ.
0: The evening of August 6th, the night before D-Day, Chaplain Willard was sitting in his room on the transport when he heard several footsteps in the hallway.
2: Come in. The door's unlocked.
0: About a dozen men
1: crowded into his room.
2: Chaplain, we've come to your room tonight to pray. Perhaps tomorrow we will be going into battle. Will you pray with us, sir? Why, certainly. I'm very happy that you feel free to come here. I shall be only too glad to pray with you. Sir, have you any verse from the Bible you could give us before we go into battle? Why, yes. As a matter of fact, I have. My verse for you concerns angels and camps. The Japanese are now secure, as they feel, in their tents. We hope to occupy their encampments tomorrow. So, I quote to you from Psalms 34 and verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. Thank you, Chaplain. Gentlemen, I believe that verse is literally true. Of course, we ought not needlessly to place ourselves in danger. But, whether on the battlefield or back in the States, if God wants our lives for further service in His heavenly home, then He'll take us. Our God in whom we believe directs and controls the affairs of His own people.
1: The men all seemed to have a childlike faith. They all knelt down wherever they could find room, In that crowded space to pray, each man prayed from the bottom of his heart. There were many earnest pleads that night, and every man committed his soul to God's safekeeping.
0: Then, finally, came Private Thaxton's turn. Chaplain Willard had been watching the young man for some weeks. He hoped that he wouldn't turn out to be a dud. But when he prayed, Chaplain Willard knew his commitment to the Lord and to lost souls.
2: Dear Lord, if anyone falls in the battle tomorrow, may it be me, because I know Christ is my Savior and Lord. I pray you give some of those poor fellows who don't know Christ another chance, and take me, if it be thy will, O Lord.
1: During the battle over the next few days, hundreds of Marines died. But as far as Chaplain Willard knew... Not even one of the men who crowded into his little room that night to pray died or even fell wounded. The Navy transport neared the Solomon Islands in the summer of 1942.
0: The attack began on August 7, 1942. Chaplain Willard's company was the first to land on Florida Island in the Japanese-occupied British Solomon Islands.
1: The Japanese at first put up practically no resistance. They obviously thought that it was just another bombing raid. The next morning, they were ordered to Gavatu to reinforce the paratroopers who had landed there. The two small islands of Gavatu and Tenembogo were the bastions of strength and resistance.
0: Keep your hands down! Get out! Run for that building!
1: We're under fire! Go, go, go! Years later, Chaplain Willard wrote of his experience.
2: I remember I jumped out of the Higgins boat into the ankle-deep water and ran for the wooden building. From a hilltop on nearby Tanambogo Island, I could see the Japanese flag waving defiantly in the breeze. As I entered the old store... I saw wounded men lying on stretchers in the middle of the floor. I moved from man to man to read from the sacred book and pray with them. I also carried a knapsack full of oranges, which I cut in half so that they would last longer. Thanks, chaplain. Could you read another verse to me? I really love Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me.
0: Chaplain Willard ministered to the wounded men. He filled his canteen again and again to give the men a drink of water.
1: Earlier... Two corpsmen had been killed by the merciless Japanese snipers as they were running to rescue a wounded comrade. The doctors and corpsmen took off their Geneva crosses and put them away. The doctors had given one of these crosses to Chaplain Willard. He took his off as well.
0: Take cover! They're going to bomb us! Some of the men ran out of the building to take cover in foxholes. Others lay flat against the side of the building. From his position, Chapman Willard saw a remarkable sight that was forever impressed in his mind.
2: I saw the three doctors and two corpsmen were doing all humanly possible to save the lives of the wounded men, not caring for their own safety.
1: Wounded men were brought to a makeshift hospital continually throughout that first day. The chaplain especially remembered a sergeant who was brought in with a fatal wound.
2: Sergeant, I'm your chaplain. May I read to you from the word of God, or, or would you like to have me pray with you? I never went much for that stuff back home, and I don't care for it now, sir. I thought at that time he was like Gallio, the deputy of Achaia in Acts 18 and verse 17. And Gallio cared for none of those things. Soon after, the sergeant died, and, and I wondered who had failed? his family, the church, the local pastor, or or me had I failed? God forbid.
0: The requests for water, the word, and prayer kept Chaplain Willard busy all through the night. As dawn began to break, he was very tired. Then, suddenly, he saw a slim shape in the water. Look! Over there!
2: A Japanese transport is coming in!
0: Prepare for hand to hand combat, men!
1: The men realized that the shape of the ship they had seen, or rather, thought that they had seen, was merely a limb
0: and leaves on a tree on the shore. The next day, Chaplain Willard was placed in charge of burying the dead of all the units as well as his own. It took several hours of steady
1: work to finish this gruesome task. Some of the dead men had been lying in the island heat for a couple of days.
2: The scriptures tell us in Job chapter 19, verses 25 and 26, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God.
0: Chaplain Willard read the names of the fallen heroes as the sun began to set After that bitter day on Guavatu.
2: Private Woods, Private Crane, Private Brule, Sergeant Hetzel, Private Williams, Corporal Mack.
1: And this seems like a terrible place to end this episode.
0: So that's exactly what we're gonna have to do. Next week we will continue the story of Chaplin. Wyeth Willard as the fighting in the Solomon Islands intensifies.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope that you come back and join us next week as well. But until next week...
2: The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30.